and welcome to Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you are a sensitive soul, our goal here is to help you thrive, whether and, and also to manifest the life of your dreams, whether that's radiant health, um, amazing relationships, prosperity, or simply peace of mind. So I want to thank you for joining me. And if you're new to the tribe, uh, I'd love for you to get my free clearing and protection spray formula. It helps to clear negative energy from you so you feel calmer, clearer, more grounded almost immediately. So you just go to clearingandprotectionspray.com. Again, clearingandprotectionspray.com for your free gift. Now today I have a special guest with me today, Sarah Spann. She is a gut health specialist and she's a holistic nutritionist. She works with people from all over the world with digestive issues who are experiencing these kinds of symptoms that I used to experience because I had major gut issues, um, exhaustion, frustration, overwhelm. And she helps to transform their lives so they can have more energy, clarity, and vitality. And she's passionate about changing the paradigm of gut health so that people can become the healthiest and most vibrant versions of themselves. And I know for myself that um, I had no idea that I had a gut issue until way later, until after I developed like fibromyalgia and, you know, um, uh, infections like uh, fungal infections and I was on birth control pills and steroids for my asthma and all this kind of stuff and totally preventable. But I didn't know I was a Western trained medical doctor, so I just wrote myself prescriptions, I hate to admit, <laughs> just to keep myself going. So I was on anti-inflammatories and all sorts of things, and lo and behold, I had no idea that we, you know, have a whole other world. Uh, some, sometimes, you know, people have heard me on Facebook talking about our three brains, the gut brain being one of them. So super excited to have Sarah on the show today to talk to us about the gut because the gut is so incredibly important, so many different things. And a lot of people don't realize, like I didn't realize as a medical doctor, that my mood issues could be related to the gut. You know, my joint issues could be related to the gut, the weight issues related to the gut. So the gut is super, super important. And um, Sarah was actually drawn to nutritional medicine through her own personal struggles with poor gut health, celiac disease, anxiety. She's a graduate of the Australasian College of Natural Therapies and a registered practitioner with the, I can't say this, Australian, yeah, Australian Traditional Medicine Society. Yeah, that's great. So without further ado, welcome, Sarah. So happy to have you here. Hi, Karen. Yeah, it's so awesome to be here. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. It's so great. And uh, I mean, this gut stuff is super important. But before we delve into you know, the, 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 the meat of it, the questions. Um, can you share with us, like, your story? Like, how did you become a gut health specialist? Yeah, um, absolutely. Love to. Uh, so I have had uh, gut problems myself for a very long time. So since I was a teenager, um, I was getting a lot of bloating and I was getting headaches and feeling fatigue all the time. Um, and... No one could ever really tell me what was wrong, and mm. he, yeah, and it was getting it was getting really bad, you know, to the point where I was getting severe stomach cramps and I had to be hospitalised and things like that. Um, so it took about five years before finally I was diagnosed with celiac disease, um, which is an autoimmune response to the protein um, gluten, which is in wheat, uh, barley, mulch, oats, and rice. 
so that was obviously a huge step forward and cutting out the gluten changed a lot for me and I came a long way from that. Um, but what I found was things kind of plateaued and even though I was on a gluten-free diet, I was still getting a lot of stomach issues and I was still having really bad fatigue and my mood was all over the place and I was having skin problems and things like that. Um, oh, hey, hang on, Sarah, just for a sec. So um, you said that even though you had been on a gluten-free diet, you were still having symptoms. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's super important. Uh, yeah, so I was still getting symptoms despite eating the gluten-free diet, which I, I really couldn't understand at the time, and yeah. no one else could really explain it either. The, the, you know, the message I got was that, well, it just should be fine because as, as long as you're eating gluten-free, it should be fine. Yeah, it's kind of simplistic, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, that's what I used to tell my pa- my patients too with celiac. It's like I feel very embarrassed <laughs> now that I know more. <laughs> oh, oh dear. So then what happened? Um, yeah, so from that, I kind of went on my own healing journey, and that included studying nutritional medicine. Um, uh, but also, what I ultimately found was that uh, it, it comes back to what you were talking about before with the, the gut brain connections, and it was the emotions. That, that I was feeling that was playing such a huge role in what was going on in my gut. Uh, so it wasn't until I worked out how to address that side of things uh, that um, my gut health finally improved and my health overall improved. Mm. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So it sounds mm. like a, a big, you know, uh, journey uh, for you to kind of get to this other end. And now you're helping other people who think maybe just gluten-free is good enough. <laughs> Yeah, but they're still exactly. having, yeah, uh, lots and lots of symptoms. Well, great. Thank you for sharing that story. Um, maybe we can talk a little bit about just, like, why are we seeing so much digestive disorders? I don't know if you have any stats on that, but it just seems like I see a lot of it. Mm, yeah, well, it's certainly growing. So um, the estimation is that, around one in five Australians and one in five people in the United States have symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, So that essentially essentially means um, you're getting uh, things like, you know, uh, altered bowel movements and stomach pains and things like that without an explanation. Uh, So that's quite significant. That's that's quite a lot of people. also, in 2015, it was estimated that 1.3 million people in the United States had inflammatory bowel disease, so that's things like Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, mm-hmm. uh, so that would have grown since then. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, certainly, it's to do with the food we're eating. So, we're eating a very different diet now compared to what we used to. Um, there's greater use of refined foods, uh, high fat, high sugar diets, and there's plenty of research which shows that eating this way does actually impact uh, your gut bacteria, which uh, contributes to, you know, digestive conditions. Um, so that's a big part of it. Also, uh, using preservatives in food and uh, the use of pesticides in food, that all impacts the gut bacteria which contributes to digestive problems. 
Um, but as well, a big one is the way we're living uh, in, you know, this modern lifestyle where we're kind of under a lot more stress and pressure than we used to be. And that stress is a huge disruptor of, of the gut bacteria and uh, perhaps even the biggest disruptor. <laughs> and also the way that stress affects digestion is huge. So I think they're kind of the, th- the key areas of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. The um, I think it's interesting because uh, I remember having a conversation with my mom about you know the past and what we used to eat and and in some ways you know she's you know looking back at the fifties and what they and and there was spam and there was like you know um, uh, you know lard and there was you know flour and <laughs> lots of you know bread but yet this is really interesting. Yet, she said, you know, her and my aunt, her sister, their waistlines were like 15 inches. And I was like, what? That sounds crazy. You know, like, did they have a different inch scale or whatever? But looking at those photos, it's like, I can believe it. Like, they really didn't have a big gut. And yet, they were, you know, supposedly eating, like, breads and, like, hamburgers and, you know, I mean, Chinese food too, but, but still, there was a lot of carbs and things that we think, oh, yeah, to lose weight, you should eat that. But maybe you can address, like, you know, what's different from the 50s and we have now? Because we still have hamburgers, you know, we still have French fries, but what's different? <laughs> yeah, so I think there's a couple of things there. Uh, certainly our, our modern lifestyle. Now, when, when you're stressed um, or when, even when you've just got a busy mind or you're thinking about all the things you have to get done, um, and you're not switching off, this, acti- this activates uh, the sympathetic nervous system uh, arm of, of the nervous system, and eventually that, that increases cortisol. And cortisol is, is fine in small amounts, but when it's elevated, what, what can actually happen is your body actually holds on to the fat um, rather than uh, you know, burning it off, mm-hmm. um, because part of... Part of that is the body still kind of thinks that there's a salmon coming, so it, it stores fat rather than burning it. Uh, the other piece to that is uh, we've actually got a lot more sugar in our diet now than we did back then. Um, right. So even though, yeah, <laughs> and that, that's a huge one uh, because, you know, it, it, it comes back to metabolism. So when you consume carbohydrate in excess of your energy needs, it gets stored as fat. And sugar and, and uh, you know sugary foods are very energy dense, and they just provide too much energy for what our body needs, so it gets stored as, as fat. Um, so that's a big one as well. And then the other interesting thing is that gut bacteria are actually involved in energy balance. So if you have a certain composition of gut bacteria, um, it can actually make you hold on to energy rather than um, rather than processing it through the body. So what that means is that you tend to put on more weight and have more trouble losing it than someone else with a different composition of gut bacteria. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. I heard about the case where, you know, a sister gave the the, the marathoner sister the gut bacteria to replace hers, and then she gained, the, like, 30 pounds extra weight, not doing anything <laughs> yeah. different. And yeah. then looked more like her fatter sister, and that was just after that gut bacterial transplant, that fecal transplant, which I thought was yeah, yeah. yeah. And they've they've shown they've done studies in mice as well, which have shown that um, 
yeah, that same outcome. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing when you think about it. <laughs> right. People are asking me, so where can I get the, the skinny fecal transplant? Yes. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because uh, everyone's like, I want the skinny person's, you know, fecal transplant. And, and, I, and I, I see that the, they're trying to quantify, too, around the world, like the different diets and the different places people are from to try to get a trend. Uh, I don't know what you've seen. I've just kind of seen just little bits of it. But sometimes, you know, the bacterial um, balance is completely different from one seemingly very, very healthy tribal society to another. And you're like, well, what's the trend? <laughs> like there, there doesn't seem yeah. to be a trend. Like they're both skinny. They're yeah. both really healthy. They're both, and I don't mean skinny as bad, but, you know, they're, they're healthy. Uh, they don't have chronic disease. And yet their gut bacteria looks completely different from each other. Mm. Yeah, pretty amazing. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, uh, I think when you think about um, how, once you put into perspective how big the gut actually is, so, so the gut actually has more, bacteri- more um, bacterial DNA than, than we have human DNA um, right. genes. Yeah, so there's about 3.3 million bacterial genes compared to, you know, around 20,000 human genes. So we really actually essentially are more bacterial than humans in a way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so funny thinking about that, like all these organisms that we quote-unquote carry around, and there's more of them than there are of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so so pretty much, I I guess that puts into perspective how much what goes on in the gut is actually controlling us and affecting our bodies, Um, and I guess the importance of making sure that that's all in the right balance. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, I, I don't know how old the whole knowledge about the microbiome is. Can, do you have a perspective on that? Because it seems to be a buzzword these days, but it wasn't when I was in medical school. That's for sure. No, it's, it's certainly um, yeah, it's certainly growing in popularity now. But interestingly, uh, I actually saw some research once from the 1800s where they were testing a theory around the gut-brain connection, um, wow. and it was. Yeah, it, the research methods weren't um, uh, very conventional, I guess you could say. It was sort of self-testing. Or ethical, um, yeah, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> Not very ethical. Um, uh, but essentially, um, I think uh, what happened was one of, one of the, the men who was, who was doing this, he was testing the response. I can't really remember the details exactly, but he was testing the response to, to when he feels pain um, and some kind of response in the gut. I'm, I'm not really exactly sure how they did it, but I just remember seeing, you know, they were te- looking at this connection in the 1800s in, in, in a different way. So, yeah, it, it's been wow. around for a while. And, and in fact, even um, the first official probiotic treatment for depression was actually implemented in 1910. Uh, so really, the research has been around for a long time. Wow, wow, that's interesting. Um, and and now it's like very popular. I, to uh, they say it's a millennial thing, but it's been around longer than that. Uh, very popular to for people to get gut shots of probiotics and fermented foods among the young people is more like popular now. Like they've heard how good it is. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You know, like kombucha. I don't know how good. The, yeah. the store-bought stuff is, but, you know, certainly tastes yummy. 
Yeah, it's yummy. <laughs> it's certainly better than soft drink anyway. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We weaned yeah. my husband off soft drinks, and now he's a kombucha friend. We, we don't, you know, make our own. I don't think he trusts that he can make his own. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but he says, this is so much better than soda. I'll take this any day. I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> We're, yeah, yeah, we're we're on. Well, and then you know the the uh, the whole mood thing. Maybe you can speak a little bit about that because, um, you know, I I've done you know I do some spiritual healing and testing, and you know there have been multiple occasions where you know the person is feeling depressed or anxious, and we traced it back to the microbiome. Sometimes even the personality or what's going on in the microbiome. Um, and once we kind of, you know, um, soothe them, help them, whatever, then the mood issue goes away. But from, from, you know, the nutritionist's point of view, why would an unhealthy gut or microbiome cause potentially depression or anxiety or any of those kind of symptoms? Mm, yeah, uh, I love this stuff. Thank you for asking me about this. <laughs> so pretty much um, the gut's kind of like a huge factory where – each where, you know, there's different workers in the factory and they've each got specific roles that they need to carry out. And one of these roles is actually the production of hormones and neurotransmitters, uh, in particular serotonin and dopamine, which are associated with, you know, happiness and contentment and reward and pleasure and things like that. Um, so what can happen is when there's too little of, of the good workers to make these uh, neurotransmitters, um, production is too low and this of course is then going to affect your mood. Um, now the other piece to that is the gut actually has its own nervous system and it's called the enteric nervous system and it's connected, this nervous system is connected to the brain uh, by what's called uh, the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve is a really long nerve that's connected to you know, most parts of the body but it's, it's connected to several parts of the gut. So pretty much there's always this two-way communication going on between the gut and the brain. So when the gut has low levels of beneficial bacteria or low levels of, of the good workers, what happens is too many of the slackers show up and start wrecking havoc um, and the environment becomes disrupted and the brain picks up on those signals and the brain responds accordingly. Uh, so this is where it, it can really affect your mood. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... Uh... They talk about, uh, I don't know if, if, if um, I'm try, trying to get my anatomy straight here, um, you know, there's this whole idea that the, the lining of the gut is uh, supposed to be, you know, ha- have good integrity, but people, um, you know, because of our lifestyles, it becomes leaky or not, uh, you know, full of holes, so to speak, and that that might even happen to our, you know, blood-brain barrier, and, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that has anything to do with our you know, guts causing our brains to be unhappy or not feeling well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, with that um, intestinal permeability or leaky gut, uh, that can happen from uh, lots of things, really. It can happen from eating the wrong foods. Um, it can happen when there's an imbalance in the microbiome. Um, but essentially, it, yeah, it causes this damage to the intestinal lining, which, yeah, as you say, it's meant to be, um, you know, uh, the cells are meant to be close together so that the bacteria stays in the gut where it should. Um, but what can happen is it's kind of like a rusty nail digging in to the lining when there's this inflammation and damage going on in there and basically the bacteria and other toxins leak out of the gut and into the blood 
Um, and this is kind of like introducing, um, you know, a species to a new country where they don't belong. <laughs> it's like, who are um, you? <laughs> exactly. The body is like, what alert. is going on? You should not be here. <laughs> right. um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it triggers this response by the immune system because the immune system is like, well, what's this? Um, and, and attacks it. And this, yeah, causes issues with, with what's going on with your mood and it can even lead to, you know, further chronic disease down the track if it's left untreated. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm. Well, and, and uh, you know, on, on, along those lines, in addition to some of the symptoms we're talking about, the depression, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the, the mood issues, uh, talk to us a little bit about, you know, physical pain, like joint pain, um, you know, muscular pain. How is that linked to gut health? Yeah, well, that comes, that comes back to that systemic inflammation um, so basically, you know, when, when the inflammation is happening in the gut, um, it kind of becomes systemic throughout the whole body. And so that, that's one piece of it. And then the other piece is the immune system again. Uh, so because the immune system is um, surmounting this attack in the body and it's hyperstimulated, it can um, affect your joints and things. And uh, really, really it's kind of... The, the low-grade inflammation that's spreading through the body is really the basis of it, though, where, where that comes from. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, kind of scary uh, in a way. Um, well, and from a medical doctor's point of view, especially now that I've you know studied more holistic stuff, is I'm looking back to what we often will treat people with in Western medicine. So if they come to me or they came to me in the past with arthritis, I mean, the first thing that we often do aside from blood testing is we put them on a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, you know, to decrease the inflammation. And theoretically, it sounds like the right thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, how is, you know, how is that uh, a problem or not a problem from your point of view? Uh, well, when it comes to the gut, uh, there's been a lot of research into how medication affects the gut and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories did come up as, as one particular type of medication that really actually impacts the gut bacteria um, along with antibiotics and uh, proton pump inhibitors for reflux. Um, so, yeah, I guess from that perspective, it's kind of because it's sort of... Um, damaging the, the gut bacteria and causing uh, the imbalance in bacteria is called dysbiosis and that basically means that there's been a change in gut bacteria which is causing harmful effects to the host. Uh, so, I mean, certainly, you know, I'm never saying <laughs> don't take medication, obviously that's not my place, but just from, from a gut point of view, I think it's just good to be aware that, um, that when you take that medication, it does have an impact on, on the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, like, if someone says, and I know this question is going to come up, so I'm going to ask it on behalf of everyone. So someone says, hey, I have, you know, a serious infection somewhere in the body, and I have to take oral antibiotics, or I'm instructed to take oral antibiotics. So their question is, well, I know that it's not good for my gut bacteria, 
So what do I do? Like how, like do I take just a bunch of probiotics afterwards and which ones do I take and how long do I take it for? Like, like will it wipe out my entire microbiome? Like, you know, if you could give people a sense of like what happens when people take a 10-day course of antibiotics because I'm sure someone's going to ask about that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, first thing I want to say on that is if, if you need to take antibiotics, then you should definitely do it um, because, you know, you don't want to die from a bacterial infection. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you've been told that you need to take antibiotics uh, for a serious infection, then you should definitely do it. Um, but when it comes to, yeah, and then what you would do then is focus on repairing the gut afterwards. Uh, so yes, the antibiotics will wipe out a lot of gut bacteria and it can wipe out certain species altogether. So antibiotics wow. can actually change yeah, what your microbiome will look like going forward. Um, but, you know, as, as I said, if you've got to take them, you've got to take them. <laughs> right, but so just then one course could really change the landscape of your microbiome permanently if you didn't do something about it after. Is that true? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and some species will never come back. Some species can go extinct altogether. So, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, I was, <laughs> I mean, looking back, I kind of laugh. It's kind of scary, actually. But I self-prescribed, uh, this is when I worked for UCLA, no less, a big university here in America. Um, I had uh, air um, inhalers. I had um, corticosteroid inhalers. And then I would end up with this chronic cough, and then I would take prednisone, for periods of time mm-hmm. during the winter, because it happened every winter, that I ended up with the six weeks of coughing and that you just couldn't work, you know, if you couldn't talk. And then I was on birth control pills and anti-inflammatories, because, of course, I get injured skating or whatever, mm-hmm. and I take the stuff yes. like candy. Then I have migraines, you know, and, uh, you know, then, then I have sinus infections, and then I take antibiotics for the sinus infections. I mean, that was crazy. I mean, I don't take yeah. any medication right now, but boy, <laughs> I had a whole bunch then, and I just figured, oh, well, runs in my family, yada, yada, you know, I didn't know I could do anything about it. I just figured, you know, allergies, asthma, it runs in the family, I'm just going to be on these medications, arthritis runs in the family, I'm just going to be on these medications. And mm. uh, it's just, yeah, it's just the misinformation and lack of information um, in, in, you know, medicine, um, yeah, we just kind of pop a pill for every symptom. That's what I used to do, yeah. embarrassingly. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been the same. I've been there. <laughs> you know, it's because it's what we're told to do. You know, we, we go to the medic, medical doctor for a, a problem and they say, take this, and so you do it. Um, you know, that's just, I think that's just what you do. <laughs> yeah, we think, um, oh, silver bullet, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, 80% of the immune tissue is actually in the gut as well. So mm-hmm. that's why when you've got any sort of um, problems going on in the gut, it tends to come out in, in allergies, so in heightened allergic responses, uh, so sinus problems and um, hay fever and things like that. Uh, a lot of that can be, you know, um, mediated by treating the gut. 
Yeah, that's, I, I find that so amazing, and I, I, I sound like a broken record, actually, to my clients and my, my patients when I had an office because they would come in with, you know, asthma symptoms or skin symptoms or sinus symptoms, and I'd be like, okay, let's check how happy your gut is, you know? And I'm like, what? Yeah. Why are we checking my gut? You know, uh, yeah. what are your poops, poops like? And, you know, I'm asking them all these questions, and especially the younger people kind of looking at me like, I have to tell you what my poop looks like. I'm like, yes. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Mandatory. Um, right, right. Uh, yeah, because, I, I mean, I had to learn the hard way myself, personally, just how much damage, you know, I did to my gut and my immune system and then ended up years later, probably a decade later, with, you know, the chronic fatigue syndrome, the fibromyalgia, the autoimmune thyroiditis, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the skin rashes, the acne, like all sorts of issues that can be traced to the gut. And actually, I have this, had this chronic right hip pain, and one of my energy healer friends, she can kind of feel and, and sense the frequency or the, the vibration of the different tissues. And she was checking my right hip one day, and uh, she's like, oh. <laughs> I said, what? She's like, your ileocecal valve is leaking stuff, and it's going down into your fascial planes through that hip and psoas and blah, 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 you know? And I was like, huh? Mm. <laughs> She's like, you got leaky gut. And I'm like, what's that? You know? <laughs> oh. Yeah. And boy, that was so yeah. interesting. Um, they said that, that people can even have like knee replacements because the toxic fluid leaking out of the gut can literally track down all the different fascial areas in the pelvis and leak down into literally the knee joint. I mean, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So thank um, I saved myself from like I could, you know, how bad it was. I mean, I probably could have needed a hip replacement by now, um, but <laughs> luckily we caught it and and was able to to heal that gut. So the hip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah, the way the the bacteria. Um, yeah, they attack DNA and body tissue um, mm. because they they don't belong in the blood. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, you, well, I'm glad you caught it. Sorry, what was that? Oh, I just I'm really glad you caught it when you did. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> um, so, like, how is someone going to know if stress is impacting their digestion? Like, we all have stress to some extent, right? But how to, like, are there key body signs or something that people could figure out? Yeah. Interfering? Yeah, for sure. Um, bloating is a huge one um, because essentially what happens when you're stressed is the body shuts off uh, digestion. I mean, it takes all energy away from the digestive tract because the body believes that you know, you're know you stressed because your life's in danger and you ah. don't need your digestion to save your life. <laughs> right, <laughs> you need <right>. to run. <laughs> that makes um, sense. Divert all yeah, energy to the muscles, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so pretty much, yeah, it's, uh, it kind of happens. Uh, a big reason for bloating is the fact that you're not absorbing your food correctly. And in fact, actually, that, that uh, is the cause of a lot of digestive issues. So not only bloating, but if you're getting alternating bowel movements, such as you're getting alternating constipation and diarrhea, or if you're getting diarrhea several times a day, um, they're, they're another big one. Um, if you're getting headaches, and if you're getting uh, skin breakouts, that's another big one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but pretty much if you're getting 
um, gut pains or just unexplained gut symptoms, uh, that's a huge sign that, that stress is causing your digestion to, to shut down and you're not absorbing your food properly. And what happens then is the food actually ferments in the small intestine instead and it produces yes. this gas, in which, uh, yeah, it's lovely. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's how you end up with a lot of these unexplained digestive symptoms that you can't work out where they're coming from. Gotcha. And, and um, so what do people do to heal their guts? Like if they think, okay, I've got you know, irritable bowel, I've been diagnosed with that, or I've got reflux or whatever, like what are, what, what's kind of like the steps should they take to, to heal their gut? Yeah, so I think there's three key areas you need to balance when it comes to healing the gut. So that's um, your body. So that, you know, getting the diet right for you, working out which individual foods you need um, that are compatible with your body that are going to support your health and, you know, getting yourself right physically. Um, and then there's the brain, which, of course, comes back to that gut-brain connection and the way that stress impacts digestion um, and stops you absorbing your food, which is going to just keep the cycle going. Um, you know, essentially, even if you've got the world's best diet, if you're not absorbing anything, um, and if you're taking good supplements but you're not absorbing them, um, you know, it doesn't really touch the sides at the end of the day. Uh, and then, of course, you need to get balanced the gut biome, uh, the gut microbiome. So that's going to be through a healthy diet, through managing your stress and um, taking that downtime for yourself to heal emotionally as well. Um, and then, of course, uh, things like prebiotic foods and probiotics uh, to create that healthy population and get that factory back in the right balance so that it's producing everything correctly. Okay, great. So uh, what is yeah. it that um, if people, you know, come to you for advice, like what uh, what kind of program or, you know, what, what how do you take them through those, uh, those healing steps? Yeah, um, so I've uh, recently created a program I call the Modern Day Gut Wellness Program. Uh, and this is essentially all around, you know, how to heal your gut in the modern world and given all the things that we're exposed to now. Um, so really it's about that. So first, you know, we, we talk all about listening to your body and getting the diet right and getting things right physically, uh, working out what foods are causing your symptoms and what foods are right for you. Um, and then we work on the brain and a lot of what I do is really around uh, that, that self-love and nurturing yourself through uh, giving yourself that downtime and processing um, your emotions so that they don't come out in your digestive system and um, you know getting all that kind of thing right um, and then we really can focus on repairing the gut microbiome so uh, you know treating things like leaky gut um, you know addressing any imbalances in the gut bacteria and getting that back into balance and, uh, you know, really restoring your gut to, to its uh, full health. Mm, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, it's really interesting okay. as I've been doing, um, you know, intuitive uh, readings on people and things like that. I used to, before I used to uh, do that kind of thing, uh, and I was getting more into, you know, holistic type of uh, medicine without necessarily being trained like naturopaths and holistic nutritionists on nutrition yeah, yeah. per se. I, my blanket, you know, prescription for most people is take probiotics, and I would give them like 30 to 50 billion, you know, CFUs 
of whatever. And uh, I have to say, most of the time it worked without any other knowledge. <laughs> um, but it's but now that I do do intuitive you know, testing, what's really fascinating to me is that um, the body doesn't always say yes to probiotics right away. Like I just used to blanket, oh, you need to take you know fermented foods or you need to do probiotics. But, you know, I think there's a time and a place and an order and a sequence. Um, yes. I'd love for you to comment on that because I have found a lot of, like when I test a no, like not yet, uh, but a lot of yes when it came to something like bone broth or something. So just curious mm. in your experience. I was just wondering why I'm yeah. getting those answers. Yeah, well, there's, there's a couple of things there. Um, if there's any parasites in the gut or an overgrowth of candida, um, like a, a yeast overgrowth, uh, you don't really want to take probiotics yet because you don't really want to be feeding that bacteria. Um, so essentially you'd want to work on sort of getting the environment right first sometimes. And the other thing with probiotics is uh, you can take them, but if the environment isn't right in the gut, then they'll just die off once you stop taking them. Uh, wow. So it's really important to make sure that um, you're, you're creating that healthy environment by you, um, eating the right foods um, and making sure that, um, you know, the, there's the balance of bacteria. Oh, sorry, making sure that um, parasites and things aren't um, causing havoc at that time. Yeah, and then the other thing is, yeah. And then the other thing is, um, certain probiotics. Uh, so there's there's different strains. So probiotics can be quite strain specific. And if you've got enough of a particular strain already, taking more of that strain isn't really going to do much. Um, so it's, and certain strains are better for certain conditions as well. But there's a lot of research into the various types of bacteria and which ones you should take. Like you can, you should take certain ones for bloating, for example, and different ones for diarrhea. And so it's, it's quite strain specific in that sense. Okay. Well, the two questions that I'm sure coming up in our community is number one, is uh, you know I've been told uh, to take a probiotic for women. Um, that is supposed to help my vaginal health, how does taking a probiotic internally uh, through my mouth going to help my vagina? <laughs> That's, a good question. That's a good question. It is a good question. It is a good question. Um, honestly, you can actually insert the probiotic directly into the vagina, um, and that's what I've uh, had, um, got clients to do with, with things like thrush, uh, because there is a vaginal microbiome as well. Um, and that's affected by the gut biome. So essentially, if there's, if there's problems with, with vaginal health, um, a lot of that does come back to gut health because um, the whole body is, you know, linked. Uh, and, you know, yeah, the gut yeah, and the gut microbiome um, can disrupt the vaginal microbiome. Um, but, yeah, I often um, just say to clients to insert it um, straight into the vagina as well. Okay. And the other question that comes up is, you know, um, and I've done this as well, is, is uh, you know, somebody says, oh, I'm going to be, I have to take antibiotics, but I would really like to, you know, take a probiotic. Uh, and I said, well, it's pretty tricky when you're on the antibiotics to try to take it away from the time you're taking antibiotics, and there's no guarantee they'll survive. So I have prescribed them uh, a beneficial yeast probiotic. And we've been talking about bacteria uh, you know, the, this whole time, but not talking about are there beneficial yeast probiotics that may be helpful for some people? 
Yeah, I always just say SD. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's actually quite a, yeah, as you say, it's technically a yeast, but it, it is a beneficial type of yeast, and that's a really good one to take. Uh, you, can, you can even take it alongside antibiotics or straight after antibiotics, uh, and it's also quite a good one to help with diarrhea. Okay, and what if people mm-hmm. go on travel? Here's another question. If people go traveling, not necessarily in a foreign you know, third-world country necessarily, but maybe even, like, say, Mexico or something, I mean, they know not to eat the ice cubes and, <laughs> you know, that kind yes. of thing, but is there yes. a strain of probiotic you could recommend preventatively for travelers? Yeah, I think the, the Saccharomyces boulardii is, is a good one to take. Um, oh, okay. Or even yeah, if that's that that will be quite a good one. And that one doesn't need to be refrigerated, so that makes it easy. Uh, but you can also even just a broad multi-spectrum probiotic will help um, just to give you that extra boost while you're there. Okay, great. Yeah, that's the thing is some of the probiotics clearly require refrigeration for ideal lifespan, and yes. uh, the the Saccharomyces boulardii uh, does not which is uh, yes. very convenient. Yep, yep, that is pretty cool. Uh, any uh, last question here? Um, soil-based probiotics. Um, I'm, I'm getting these questions from my people from the ethers here because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read, oh. you know, because I'm doing this. Weird, yeah, yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, thoughts about soil-based probiotics. Sometimes the marketing sounds great, but I don't even know, is that even worthwhile using? I mean, when would you use it? And so on and so forth. Uh, what was that? Sorry, soil-based uh, probiotics. Soil-based probiotics. So it's not like a oh. bacillus uh, coagulans or something that you would find in generally in a human, but they're so... Maybe they're not popular in Australia, but they're pretty popular here in the U.S. And uh, you oh, really? if you can't answer that, that's okay. <laughs> that just came yeah, up. Yeah. Um, just ask. Yeah, I, I haven't really... Um, heard of it in Australia. It mustn't be very popular, but um, I'm going to look into that because, that, yeah, that sounds interesting. I, yeah, some of them, I, I guess, I've never used it, but, yeah. I think that they also, like Saccharomyces boulardii, um, can withstand room temperature. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because I've had some people muscle test for that particular brand for some reason and other times, you know, other things and um, okay. it's just, yeah, it's, it's it's been pretty interesting, um, and uh, and I and I noticed with fermented foods for myself that when I first discovered kombucha, I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, and I think I overdid <laughs> it and gained like five pounds in a week. Oh. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot sweeter than I normally would eat, you know. Uh, although I know the the sweetness is supposed to be eaten up, you know, by the beneficial bacteria, but uh, maybe it was just, you know, maybe it was just, you know, water weight gain from healing. I, I'm not really sure what it was. I don't know if anybody you've seen ever, maybe they didn't do eight ounces a day, but, you know, <laughs> you noticed people gaining weight from, from drinking kombucha. And this is the real um, stuff, not the commercial stuff. Yeah, well, it's like anything, you know, if, if, if you overdo it, if, if you consume in excess of your energy needs, and kombucha, like, there is a lot of sugar in it, which a lot of it is eaten up by the bacteria, but, um, 
yeah, there's, there is, it does still contain sugar, so I guess that's just something to be aware of. Mm, okay, yeah, thank you for that. Um, so if people want to learn more about uh, your practice, what you do, and maybe this uh, the program, maybe you can describe a little bit about how they can contact you and what's involved and what your website is. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so my website is uh, sarahspan.com.au, and I am on Facebook and Instagram as sarahspan.nutritionist. Uh, I do also have a Facebook group called Kick Gut Grease to the Curb, um, and that's uh, you know just a little kind of support group where I um, provide extra support on on people on a gut for people on a gut health journey. Um, and then, yeah, if, if you did want to chat to me about, about working with me, um, we do offer a complimentary gut health strategy call, uh, which uh, you can book through my website. And, yeah, essentially we can have a chat about where you're at and uh, whether the work I do uh, would be a good fit to help and see how you're going. Oh, that's great. Awesome. So yeah. I'm just going to have you spell your name, just in case people are just listening and they don't see my newsletter you know, with the correct spelling of your name and website. So if you can just oh, spell yeah, sure. the, the website again and then just the name of the Facebook group again, that would be awesome. Yeah, sure. Okay. So the website is Sarah Spann. So that's S-A-R-A-H-S-T-A-N-N.com.au. And then yeah, my Facebook group is kick gut grease to the curb um, and then my uh, my name on Instagram and Facebook is uh, Sarah Spann, so S-A-R-A-H-S-P-A-N-N dot nutritionist, N-U-T-R-A-T-I-O-N-I-S-T. Oh, fantastic. And uh, by the way, I just absolutely uh, love your manifesto. <laughs> I've been working on mine. Oh. Yours is oh, beautiful. <laughs> Wish oh, I had thanks your... so much. <laughs> so, you're looking at it before because I'm graphics is not my thing, and but it's so it's so <laughs> great to see this and your website's absolutely lovely. And I see that you have a a free guide there too. That people can get on your website. <laughs> oh yes, yes. It's called um, the Ultimate Guide to Alleviating Gut Grief, and basically it's it's a, it's a system to help you start to identify what foods might be um, causing your symptoms. Oh, um, so yeah, you can download that from my website as well. Great, and that's a freebie, right? Yes, it's free. Excellent. I love freebies. Yes, who <laughs> doesn't love freebies? <laughs> yeah, I just learned so much, you know, from people's yeah. <laughs> and from the yeah. interviews, of course. I often tell people yes, that I often yes. interview experts so I could learn, so I could have a free consult. <laughs> yes. Yeah, strategies. It's been working for me for years. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah, our time is just about uh, um, you know uh, ending here. Uh, I want to thank you so much for being on our show on Light Warrior Radio. I think this is a super super important topic. You know, I'm lots of times talking about you know God and brain and you know heart and you know coherence and and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So this is really timely, and uh, I think people, a lot of people still need to learn about the gut. Mm. We've covered a lot of ground uh, here, so thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed being on the show. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yay, likewise. Thank you so Yay. much. And I want to thank our listeners as well for listening in. And remember, to if you have gut issues, you know, think about connecting with Sarah as a holistic nutritionist. Now, she works with people from all over the world, so you don't have to be in Australia, uh, although you have to, you know, <laughs> do the whole time zone thing, you know, but uh, uh, again, the website is Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, 
Span, S as in Sam, P-A-N-N dot com dot A-U uh, to get to the website and get your freebies, and then you can connect to her on Facebook as well. So thanks, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, lots of love. Bye for now. <laughs>